Welcome to the Tom the Trainer Fitness Podcast. I'm your host, Tom Wooland. This podcast is for frustrated men and women who think they've tried everything to lose body fat and aren't willing to give up on their fitness goals. I'm going to give you clear, actionable steps to cut through all the bullshit in the industry, focus on what actually works, and dominate every aspect of your life. Now let's get into today's episode. All right, so we are live. It's a little bit of a different time today. We're going live in the tribe at five. It's got a bit of a nice ring to it. Um, to take questions in the tribe. So if you're listening to this on the podcast or you're watching this anywhere but in Tom the Trainer's tribe, every single Wednesday, what we do is we go live in the tra- in the tribe. And on Tuesdays, I put out a post so that the members of the tribe can get my opinions for free. Essentially, it's kind of like a version of like free coaching, I would say, where the members in the tribe can ask questions and I will answer those questions. Uh, to give as much help as possible with their fitness goals in the time allocated for live in the tribe. So we've got a few people in. If you are listening to this on the podcast or you're watching it anywhere else, uh, make sure that you check the link in the description to join Tom the Trainer's Tribe so you can ask questions and you can get help with your fitness goals as well. As well pardon me. Because um, honestly, I love doing them. So What we're going to do is we're going to get right into it today. If you're watching this live and you haven't commented live, please do so. Please comment live. And we're just going to get right into it. So first question that I have is regarding pardon me here i'm just giving everybody a notification to check the tribe so first question i have i kind of had a little bit of a sneak peek at these a little bit earlier it is regarding uh your cardio whether or not you should have whether or not you should do cardio before or after weights um and Glenda's asking this. So I've talked about this in the past. Um, so definitely check out previous episodes of the Tom the Trainer Fitness Podcast where I go over this a little bit more in depth. But a really quick and easy way to summarize this for you is it's dependent on your goals. If your goal is to like change aesthetically, if your goal is to build muscle and lose body fat, then you always want to do cardio after your weights. Um, because you want to deplete the glycogen levels for energy for weightlifting in weightlifting and then burn body fat with cardio. So if you were to do cardio before your weights, then that would be typically fine as well. However, I would strategically put it at a separate time in the day so that you can restore your glycogen levels, which is carbohydrates stored in the muscle for energy to have a good weightlifting session so if you are going to do cardio before your weights then it should be at a separate time away from your weight training per se okay um because you want to lift as much as you possibly can in training now if your goal for example as i mentioned this on a previous episode if your goal for example is to get if your goal for example is to um ride a marathon like a a marathon bike ride i don't know a two-hour marathon well then you should probably prioritize riding your bike because it's more specific to the goal 
and then you could lift weights a little bit after or lift weights on a separate time. But it's really dependent on the goals. I'm going to assume that your goal is going to be building muscle and losing body fat because that's kind of the purpose of the tribe is to help people with those goals. So if that's the case, as I said earlier, I would do it either separate if it's before or after. Me personally, I always do it after. I do a really good intense training session and then my cardio is always after. Um, Jared's asking a really cool question is, are there benefits to a morning workout or an evening workout? And I think that's an amazing question because as far as like, as it relates to losing body fat and gaining muscle, I can't really argue that training in the morning or training at night is going to have much more of a benefit over the other. There's pros and cons to both, obviously. Um, but I will say something that's really powerful about training in the morning is you do something in the morning for yourself and you get something hard out of the way. And mentally, when you say you're going to do something like that's difficult and, 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 and let's be honest, weight training is difficult. That's why a lot of people don't enjoy it. But if you do the hard thing or the thing that's a major priority for you first thing in the morning, it's done and it's out of the way. You've taken time to prioritize yourself and mentally you can look at yourself in the mirror and be like, you know, Jared's asking the question, Jared, you can look at yourself in the mirror and be like, pardon my French. I'm a man who fucking does what he says he's going to do when he says he's going to do it. So there's power in that. And also the power in doing it in the morning is it's like, you get up, the rest of the world is sleeping, you get your workout done and out of the way. And throughout the rest of the day, while you're dealing with fires and situations that might, in other circumstances, if your workout was not done, like distract you from the workout. And then by the time you get home, you're like tired, you're spent, you don't have a ton of energy. And even if you do do it, you're not putting everything you have into it. You can avoid that. But if all things were equal and you were training with the same energy levels, the same amount of sleep, the same amount of stress. I can't say that there's benefit to one or the other. Um, those things aside, I think there's mental benefits and a benefit to serving yourself when you do it first thing in the morning. I personally do mine midday. Um, and it's just because that works out for me. I mean, I do mine midday, but, you know, I also own a gym, so it's like right in the middle of my day. It's pretty easy for me to get a work, a workout in on my lunch, right? Uh, and as a personal trainer, I also manage my own schedule. I don't work for somebody else where they tell me what hours I need to be at work. I manage my own schedule. So for me personally, I like to do it midday. Um, and when I was serving tables, like when I was a server, uh, I always preferred to do it definitely before my shift. Right. I would say that like another benefit to maybe doing it in the morning, if you're training in a gym, there's probably going to be less people there um, than in the evening. Right. Because you're doing the hard thing and there's less people doing the hard thing, which is waking up at four or five o'clock in the morning and doing their workout. But Again, I think like the biggest benefit to this is literally the psychological benefit of literally being like, 
I do what I say I'm going to do when I say I'm going to do it. And waking up at five o'clock in the morning and doing workout is something nobody wants to do. But guess what? I do it anyways, because I do what I say I'm going to do, even when it's hard. I think there's a massive psychological benefits to that. Having said that, I don't do it. I work out midday, right? So uh, does that help everybody? And do they feel everybody feel as though there was like good points to that as far as maybe the psychological benefit of the different times rather than like the physiological benefit? So Nicholas is asking, are vitamins worth taking to fill in the gaps in your diet? Does a multivitamin work in your thoughts on fish oil supplements? So me personally, um, I personally believe that diet, like if your diet is set up right, you probably won't have many gaps in your diet when it comes to vitamins and minerals. And if you set your diet up in a way where there are deficiencies in vitamins and minerals, and you need to rely on a multivitamin to fill those gaps, I would probably prioritize addressing those deficiencies in your diet before trying to address those deficiencies. Like I would address those deficiencies in your diet through my food selection rather than trying to address those deficiencies in a multivitamin. Research that I've heard is like, for the most part, really all you do with a multivitamin is like, like I, I heard something along the lines of like you pee 98% of it out. So I don't know how much like value it necessarily has. I personally, if I were to lean in on any particular vitamins, I think vitamin D um, is a good, is a good vitamin. Um, and it's harder to get a, uh, a lot of vitamin D through your diet. So I would say that's one. Um, and at times I would recommend, uh, if there's no, if there's no, um, issues and clients have consulted with a doctor or they don't have any, um, specific circumstances that would advise that this is not a smart suggestion, I would say like getting like eight to 10,000 IUs per day of vitamin D is a great way to kickstart things if you're vitamin D deficient, but then over time you should be able to like lower that dose down to maybe around like 5k per day or so. Having said that, if you're doing outdoor walks and you're getting sun, I would say like, if you want to know if you're deficient in a vitamin, get blood work done to find out if you're deficient in that vitamin. I would say if you feel as though that you have gaps in your diet, that you're not getting the vitamins and minerals that you feel you need, I would say address those gaps in your diet. So like when I set up a diet for my clients, I'm considering all those things. I'm considering where's my vitamin A? Where's my vitamin C? Where's my magnesium? Where's my calcium? Where's my iron? Where's my zinc? Where's my selenium? All of those things I consider when assigning and, and building a sample diet for a client. And if you have all those things present in your diet, I can assure you it is so much easier to adhere to your diet when all the vitamins and minerals that your body needs to thrive is present. And there's no like science backing it, or maybe there is, but I haven't come across it, nor do I care to research it because like I know for a fact based on experience, like as a coach working in the trenches with, for clients with years, 
working with clients who have worked with other coaches, working with clients who have done bodybuilding competitions. And so many of them have said, I can't believe how amazing I feel on your diet. And I can't believe how full I feel on your diet. And I can't believe how much food I'm able to eat on your diet. Because if you have the right food selections in your diet, your body's thriving, your body's not craving things that it needs. And then you're not reaching to the cupboards for things that are lacking whatever you're craving. You just know you're hungry. So you reach for something else. You don't know you're hungry because your body's lacking vitamin A. But I believe you're reaching for stuff because maybe you're lacking vitamin A and your body's like, hey, I need, I need vitamin A. But it's not in the cupboards, so you don't get it. And you just eat calories that aren't helping you, right? Um, thoughts on a fish oil supplement? I would say like fish oil supplements, um, cod liver oil is something that depending on the client, I might advise to take from time to time. Um, but you got to be careful with that because like, if you have, you could be on beta blockers, for example, if you're on a beta blocker, you shouldn't take fish oils because like they may cause a really, really bad day. Like, I think you can wind up having a heart attack if you're on a beta blocker and you take, uh, fish oils. So it's really dependent on the individual. Uh, I have taken fish oils in the past personally. I no longer take fish oils. I get blood work done every single six months and I focus on two days per week. I eat salmon, pardon me, three days per week. I eat salmon. So I don't need to supplement my fish oils in my diet. Um, through supplements, I get it in my food sources and my, my blood work, like my most recent blood work was literally perfect. And I am not taking a single vitamin or mineral aside from what i'm getting out of my food does that make sense and was that helpful for everybody i feel like i'm like firing these answers off today anybody in the chat being like whoa tom can talk fast <laughs> okay so awesome um let's move to the next question here i feel like i can literally just like get me on a topic and just go right um and get in the weeds right um so anyways so Chantel is asking uh what are your thoughts on the vibrating plates i think we've probably all seen the exercise machines that like are like they're like a platform that vibrates and you um yeah, you use them for exercise. And I say that like where I'm like slowing down my speech is because like Chantel's question is like, apparently they're good for weight loss. Like what, what do you think they are good for? And even in my answer as to answering what to do with them, I couldn't come up with an answer as to what to do with those machines. Um, I think if anything, if I were to look at one of those machines and use it for any purpose whatsoever, if I had like a tight upper back or something, I would turn it on and I would work my upper back with the vibration to try to hopefully loosen up my upper back before I hit it with a foam roller or something. But like aside from that, I worked in a big box gym for 
years, uh, 2016 to 2021 or 2020, I guess it was, uh, for four years, minus a subtle little break that I took in between there. Um, and, uh, I found those machines to be like super annoying. Like they made like a lot of noise and like, I never, ever, ever in my career, thought to myself i'm gonna put one of my clients on those because i think that they're gonna be useful and they were just like they were more annoying than the sound of me deadlifting 400 pounds and if anybody's heard me deadlift 400 pounds i sound like a seal (laughs) when i'm deadlifting that kind of that kind of uh weight so um yeah i'm joking around because if anybody's heard me they're just like man the noises you make when you deadlift heavy weights they're so annoying and i'm like whatever can you deadlift 400 pounds um but anyways they're just loud they're obnoxious i think vibration could maybe help loosen up joints a little bit but like honestly like i'm reaching here when i go for that answer i'm just like i honestly can't say that i view them to have any purposeful use and i believe that they're like extremely expensive so like they're probably thousands of dollars of those machines and like honestly i could probably loosen up my upper back with like a massage gun you know what i mean so like why would i need a five thousand dollar machine that does that right but literally that's the only use i can ever use for them so if you're watching this on my personal page on my personal facebook page uh we're switching over to going remotely in the tribe so make sure that you um join the tribe uh tom the trainer's tribe go check it out yeah next question is we lost some people so next question is best way to recover after a workout this is an awesome question this is by daniel so the best way to recover after a workout is literally going to be dependent on what your intention of recovery is right so there are different intentions in recovery your recovery your intention or your desire from your recovery could be um to build muscle right or your intention of that of that recovery could be to recover in a sense of um recover in a sense of like be able to lift again very soon so in my opinion if your goal in recovery is to lift again very soon then Cold baths are great for recovery for that purpose. Okay. If you want to uh, recover and have your central nervous system wind down from the stress of what was created from the training, and you want to recover and you want to be fresh and you want to be able to train again, athletes, like especially like athletes who are like training in a weight category. A fighters, boxers, and stuff like that. Cold baths are phenomenal for that kind of recover recovery. 
But if your goal in your recovery from your workout is to stimulate muscle growth, then they are not beneficial. They're not beneficial at all. I personally believe, and haven't looked into the research on this. However, if you look at things, if you look at things like with some critical thinking, I believe that a sauna post-workout is a phenomenal way to increase your rate of muscle growth. Okay. And the reason why is the sauna and the heat from the sauna creates a lot of blood flow slash inflammation. Well, guess what muscle growth is? Muscle growth is an inflammatory process, right? One of the most crazy transformations I seen over a three-year period was a guy that used to go to the gym that I worked at here and there, and he had an insane transformation. There were other factors involved to his transformation, if you're picking up what I'm laying down. But one thing that he always did was go in the sauna after his workouts, like religiously. He went in the sauna for 30 minutes after his workouts. I've never seen somebody grow so fast in my life. Now, there's more factors than just the sauna. But when I look at it the, this critically and I think about it critically, I go, okay, well, cold baths are great for recovery but hinder muscle growth because they reduce inflammation. Hmm. Saunas, which increase inflammation through the heat process, well, if one does this and the other one does this and they're on the opposite end of the spectrum of the effect that they have on you physiolog physiologically and one, one is bad for muscle growth, why would the other one not be good for muscle growth, right? So I think if your goal is to grow, the sauna is a phenomenal goal for that. Aside from that, like I've never used the sauna. I've never used it because I don't have time. Like, I'm sorry. I train really, really hard and I've got my cardio and I've got all the things that I do in my life and I've got my business and all this stuff. Like for me, I don't believe that my return on 30 minutes a day in the sauna is going to be worthwhile. So the best thing that you can do to recover from your workout is make sure that your nutrition is on point. Make sure that your post-workout nutrition is on point. If you're really having a hard time recovering from your workout and you feel as though that you're extremely sore, make sure that your intra-workout nutrition is on point. Um, make sure that you're sleeping at least seven hours per day. Uh, and those are the those would be the things, those would be like the 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 cards to play that would have the biggest impact. And when you've got all those things put in place and you're trying to get like another small percentage, I believe there might be some value in the sauna. But nutrition, don't avoid carbohydrates for sure. Don't avoid carbohydrates post-workout. Um, and make sure that you're getting your sleep, right? Like make sure you're sleeping at least seven hours per night. If you're not sleeping seven hours per night, I don't mean to like ruffle any feathers and I'm not like coming at anybody, Daniel, because like I don't know necessarily how much you're sleeping in that. But like just like as, an, as a general whole, if somebody were asking me this question, like if a client was asking me this question they were sleeping six hours per night and they would be like, then they were like, you know, Tom, I don't feel like I'm recovering from my workouts. It would be like, well, you can't ask what else you need to do until you get your sleep in check. Right. Or like, okay, well, you can't ask what you need to do to recover from your workout until like your nutrition is on point. Right. 
because all the other stuff is going to have a minimal effect. Okay. So get your sleep. Don't be afraid of carbs, especially don't be afraid of carbs surrounding your workouts. Make sure that you're getting ample protein. Uh, Drinking is key. Drink water too is key. And you could leverage like an intra workout. If you have everything else in place, you could leverage an intra workout drink that has essential amino acids and high branch chain cyclic dextrins to help as well. But I have put on a significant amount of muscle in the last year, and I can't remember the last time I drank one of those drinks. So it's all about the staples. Focus on those basics, right? Is that really helpful so far, everybody? Awesome. Awesome. Okay. So we got one more question here. I feel like I'm just rocking through the answers on these, right? What's the best way to fix a muscle imbalance between arms? Brian, so what I want you to do for this, actually, Brian, um, this Thursday, so tomorrow, the next episode of the Tom the Trainer Fitness Podcast is a replay from last week's Q&A where I literally covered this topic in depth. And the reason that I covered this topic in such depth is because it's a little bit more complex, but as a quick brief summary for you, you have to find out where the muscular imbalance is coming from. Is it coming from stability or strength? If it's coming from stability surrounding your shoulder joint, more than likely it's your rotator cuff or your, or your serratus, which is the muscle in your armpit that protracts your arm. The, the muscles in your rotator cuff retract and turn your arm so that your thumb would turn outward and the serratus protracts, right? Um, both of which stabilize the shoulder joint. So you would have to look at that for stability. People sleep on stability. People just think about strength. You show me somebody, you show me somebody who has focused on their stability in training. I will show you the strongest, baddest mofo you ever met in your life, right? Um, so strength can often come from a lack of stability. Rotator cuff, serratus, when it comes to upper body, would be like two things I would look at. And then the other thing is um, if, if it's not stability and it's strength, you have to, you have to figure out what muscle is, is creating that imbalance, what muscle is not stronger. And then you should focus on like, isolation like like you should be i don't want to get all fancy trainer lingo on here but like you should be training like you should not be training with a barbell you should be training with dumbbells you should not be training with a chest press that doesn't have individual levers that work separately you should be training with a chest press that each lever is separate um and those kinds of things you got to find out where the lack of strength is coming from by isolating the muscles, strategically working through all the muscles that could be a factor, and then bringing up that lack of strength in that muscle. If I were to literally bet one way or another, though, I would say it's coming down to stability. Now, I'll put it in perspective for you before I sign off on this. I have a neck injury, nerve damage, uh, my whole right side atrophied. My serratus was gone. My tricep atrophied. My lat, like 
disappeared. It, it was like the saddest day of my life. Um, not actually, but it was a sad moment where I looked in the mirror and was like, where did my lat go? Um, and my rotator cuff, like it all just like stopped working from a, a nerve injury that was like it was lingering and then it finally let go and when it did let go my shoulder blade literally just like winged off my back so hard that you could see my shoulder blade was not tacked down on the ribs for lack of a better term but was not sitting down on the ribs through a hoodie like if i was standing there in a hoodie a friend of mine was like what's wrong with your shoulder blade man and i'm like what do you mean he's like i it's coming off like it's like all like raised and elevated and weird because all the muscles died so I'm constantly dealing with a left-right imbalance on my upper body because I've got nerve damage and some of those muscles are never going to be as strong as the others. I barely barbell bench press. I dumbbell bench press. Um, I do a lot of cable work. I do a lot of machine work that has individual levers. Sometimes I'll bench press, but like if I'm going to bench press, it's like a few times per year. And then honestly, I'm just upset about it because I'm not as strong as I used to be because bench pressing is a skill. Every movement that we do is expressed as skill. And because I'm rusty on the bench press per se, I don't put as, mu as much, like I don't put the same numbers up that I used to. So I'm just like, ah, bothers my neck and I'm not as strong. So I don't like doing it, but I literally, the simplest way to do it is like dumbbells, dumbbells, dumbbells after and so dumbbells 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 find out where the where the issue's coming from and then you've got to you've got to literally rehab like rehab prehab uh, and the way that you rehab prehab is going to be either prioritizing specific exercise selections in the beginning of your workouts or in your warm-ups or prioritizing specific exercise selections at the end of your workouts so I've rehabbed my arm where I couldn't literally raise my arm above chest height, my right arm at one point, whereas now I can get into an overhead position and I look like there's no restriction there, but I still can't overhead press. Like I used to be able to overhead press, let's say I'm going to throw a number out and don't hold me to it, maybe 70s. I used to be able to overhead press. I have a hard time overhead pressing five pounds with both arms at the same time because of the restriction in my, in my arm and my neck. Um, so work around it and find out what the cause is. So I hope that was helpful. Was that helpful, everybody? Or were you just like, whoa, Tom, literally, you just said so much and I don't even know what you said. I know I tried to quickly summarize that because I went really in depth on it in the last live, which you can catch by scrolling through the Facebook group here to view that last live, or you can wait till tomorrow morning at 5 a.m thursdays at 5 a.m it it uh the the podcast replays the live training that we did here but you members of the tribe get first dibs on questions and you get first dibs on the answers before they go into the podcast so i hope everybody has the best day ever i hope that you uh are really enjoying the tribe and if you're not in the tribe come join the tribe come hang this it's the best community. It is literally the best community that I've ever been a part of. Uh, and my goal is to make the tribe literally like the most valuable free Facebook group in the space with the Q and A's and everything else that I do in there and the challenges and stuff. Uh, and it's a, it's an awesome vibe. So if you're not in the tribe, 
come join the vibe in the tribe. And those of you who are in the tribe, thanks so much for making it what it is. I hope you're having the best day ever. And I cannot wait to catch up with you all in the next Live in the Tribe Q&A next week. Take care. Thanks so much for listening. If you found today's episode valuable, please give me a five-star review and share it on your social media so I can have an even bigger impact. And if you want more information on how I can help you lose 15 to 52 pounds of body fat in 12 weeks, send me a message that says coaching to my Instagram at TomTheTrainerFitness.